Good morning, church. Good morning. Wow, what a great morning of worship already. What a great summer. We're in this great series called Daniel, Living a Life Uncompromised. And we're looking at this guy who lived 2,600 years ago, back in the Old Testament. And we're seeing how he lived his life for the glory of God. We're seeing the impact that was made for God's name and that's just still reverberates throughout history and comes to us today. And, and we looked at this guy's life and we've seen when he was 15 years old all the way till he's 85. And the thing about it, he lived with integrity, he lived with character and the call for all of us to be men and women after God's heart. You know, Daniel's name means the Lord is my judge. And I love that about this guy. He lived his life for an audience of one. He wasn't worried about what everybody else was doing or what everybody else was thinking. He just lived his life for God's name and for God's glory, wherever he was. Now we started in Daniel chapter 1 and we saw how Daniel was 15 years old and him and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were good looking guys, they were strong, they were smart. And, and yet, when they were 15, Nebuchadnezzar besieged Jerusalem and they were taken away to live in Babylon and to serve the king. And Daniel could have been bitter, he could have been angry at God, he could have been, he's like, man, I had a whole life planned out over here, and now here I am, and yet Daniel stayed faithful. Daniel stayed faithful when he said this, that maybe you find yourself at a place in life, and you're kind of like, how did I get here, or I wanted to be there, and yet God calls us to be faithful wherever we are. When Daniel chapter 2, we saw the king Nebuchadnezzar had this dream, and Daniel interprets it by the Spirit of God, and and so he's given a place of prominence and leadership there in Babylon. And he continues to rise. And then chapter 3, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego face this test. The king builds this huge idol to be worshipped, 90 feet tall. And everybody, when the royal band plays, falls down to worship. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, you can't do it. You know, Exodus 20, verse 3, the big Ten Commandments, the number one. You shall have no other gods before me. I'm not going to worship another god. And they're thrown in the fiery furnace, but the pre-incarnate Jesus is with them and stands with them. And maybe you feel like you're in a furnace today. Maybe you feel like there's a lot going on in your life, a lot of unknowns. Jesus is with you, and he is for you. You hold on to him. In chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar has another dream, and God humbles him. And then at the end of this, we see God transforming his life. And he ends up this confession of his faith. And last week in Daniel chapter 5, the, the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar sees the writing on the wall that God's judgment is coming upon Babylon. And in that writing on the wall says this, that you have been found wanting and the Persians are going to come and take over. And if you love history like I love history, you can go back and study what happens. Babylon, this great empire. But the Persians, they come in and Belshazzar, who was the king at that time, was arrogant, prideful, like Pastor Nick talked about, pulled the articles of the temple that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Jerusalem and was having a party and was living it up. And the Persians were smart. And because Belshazzar thought, you know, hey, nobody can get into Babylon. We've got these double walls. We've got towers. We run the Euphrates through the city, so we've got a constant water supply. And if you study history, you know that the Persians, they diverted the, the river Euphrates, and they came in on a dry riverbed into the city. And that very night that the hand of God showed up and wrote on the wall was the very night that the Persians came in and took Belshazzar and overthrew the Babylonians. They had him killed right there on the spot, and now there's a new empire ruling in Babylon. And through it all, Daniel stayed faithful. Through it all, this man held on to his character and his integrity. This man stayed true to God. So whatever you're facing in life, just know this, God is calling you to stand firm.
because God is with you and God is for you. Let's see what happens in Daniel chapter 6. If you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me there to Daniel chapter 6. This is one of the most famous chapters in the Bible. You've probably heard this story, but I'm telling you, God has a word for us today, and God wants to speak to us. Maybe you have a mobile device. You can access the scriptures online and follow along as well, or we'll put the words on the screen. But I'm excited about this. Pick up here in verse 1. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. So Cyrus is the king of Persia, and he appoints Darius over Babylon. And Darius, if you go back and study history and secular history, will tell us he was an administrative genius. This guy was smart. And so he has these 120 leaders, and then he puts three administrators over them, and one of them, Daniel. I mean, it's incredible. Daniel's about 83 years old at this time. And Daniel, you know, he could have been like, oh, man, what's going to happen? I have favor with the Babylonians and now the Persians. You know, sometimes if your company gets sold and there's new leadership or you have a new boss, and many times we spend time worrying about what's going to happen and we, you know, all can't sleep at night and all this anxiety. And and yet God is faithful. God's going to take care of it. God said, just hold on to me. Trust me. It's going to work out. And here's Daniel. He's one of the three administrators And the satraps were made accountable to the administrators, to them, so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel, look at verse 3, so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. I mean, this guy is so good at his job. And he's doing it with integrity, he's doing it with character. And the king's like, I'm going to put this guy over everything. Well, you know from work or any place else, when somebody's getting a promotion, there's a lot of jealousy happening. So the jealousy starts in, and in verse 4, it says that this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, We will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Wow. Here's if you're taking notes. One more one. Serve faithfully, even in a pagan culture. Serve faithfully, even in a pagan culture. Maybe you find yourself at work, and man, it's just hard. There's not a lot of believers there. There's not a lot of Christ followers. And you just kind of feel like, you know, man, everybody's kind of against me. You serve faithfully. Daniel's 83 years old, and he's like, I've been standing for God all of my life, and I'm going to stand for God even under this new leadership, this new structure here. I'm just going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. Daniel was three different kings, right? Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, and now we have Darius here, and he just stays faithful. He stays faithful. And God's call to you and to me is just that call to faithfulness, regardless of what it looks like. And Daniel was these two words, above reproach. Above reproach. If you go into the New Testament, you see in 1 Timothy, or you look at Titus when it talks about characteristics for church leaders or those lay leaders in the church, it uses these two words always, above reproach. And it doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean that Daniel was perfect. But it means this, that he had integrity and character. And they couldn't find any basis to, to bring any charge against him, but, except they were thinking, well, he stays true to God. 
Wouldn't it be awesome? Everybody, well, he stays true to God. She stays true to God. I don't know what else to say about them. They're, they're about character. They're about integrity. Even if it costs you more, even if it takes more time, you do things right and you serve God faithfully. And that's what Daniel did. And he held on to God. So the administrators in the satraps went as a group to the king and they said, Oh, King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. So these guys come to Darius, and they appeal to what? His pride, right? His pride and his arrogance. Pride is the mother of all sins, you guys. I mean, look what he did to Nebuchadnezzar. Look what he did to Belshazzar. Now you see Darius. Every one of us, we've got to battle pride. And there's times in our life we think, well, I did it. I made this happen. It's all about me. And, boy, that is such a dangerous, slippery slope. And to look at your own heart and say, wow, I want to give the glory to God. It's all him, you know. They appeal to his pride. So King Darius, they put it in writing. Now when Daniel, I love this, verse 10. When Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Don't you love that? I mean, Daniel's like... It finds out about this edict, you know, they all go around behind his back and they get the boss to sign off on this and everybody has to pray only to the king for 30 days. And Daniel's there, he's like, I say, what's the edict now? And they're like, you got to pray only to the king for 30 days. Daniel's like, okay. He goes home, opens the windows, gets down on his knees, is like, dear God, you know, I'm just going to pray straight to my God. And they're like, don't you hear the edict? Yes, I hear the edict. I'm going to pray to my God. I'm just going to pray straight to him. I mean, just the boldness and the courage. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So these guys all get together and they come and they knock on the door. Daniel, what are you doing? And Daniel comes to the door, he opens the door. He's like, hold on, I'm not finished praying to my God. I'm praying. They're like, yeah, I'm praying to my God. I mean, just the boldness. Man, I love old people. Don't you love old people? You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, old people, like, when they're 70, they're 80, they're 90, they just don't care what people think anymore, you know? It's like maybe you have a grandmother or great-grandmother, or, you know, and, and they'll just say something. They'll be like, well, they shouldn't do that. They, they shouldn't do it, you know? And I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them right now. And you're like, Mom, shut up. You, know, you can't say that, you know? They're like, I don't care. I mean, what are they going to do to me? I'm old, you know? I'm just like, they just like, whatever. And here's Daniel. He's 83, and he's kind of like, you know what? I don't care. I mean, I am going to worship my God. My God has been faithful to me since I was 15 years old. I'm not turning my back on him. I'm not going to worship some king. Are you kidding me? This guy's going to get overthrown too. I mean, it's like, come on. My God is eternal. I'm sticking with him. I'm staying true to him. I don't care about your edicts, your proclamations, or whatever. Daniel says, man, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. You know what? Be steadfast in your faith. <laughs> Please be steadfast in your faith. Even facing extreme consequences, you just be steadfast. I think our world is searching right now for people who are steadfast in faith. 
I think our world is looking for help and looking for hope. Our world is looking for men and women of integrity and character who are going to love God and love other people. And our world is saying, where are they? And just like Daniel had his day 2,600 years ago, you guys, we got our day right now. And God's calling us to be steadfast. And it may be a rocky road. There may be challenges thrown our way. But you know what? You hold on to God. I love Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. And oh, that we would be men and women like Daniel. You know what? I'm not ashamed. You can issue whatever policy you want at work. You can issue whatever policy you want in a nation. I'm not ashamed. I'm going to live my life for my God. He's been faithful to me, and I'm going to be faithful to him. I'm going to hold on. So Daniel, stay true. He stayed true. And so they went to the king, and they spoke to him about the royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or man except to you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king. Now, I love that they still refer to Daniel as an exile from Judah. I mean, he's been there 65 years by now, right? But they recognize that he is still faithful to God. He hasn't bought into the pagan culture. He hasn't bought into the Babylonian way. He has, you know, he's there and he's leading and he's a part of it, but, he, but it's not who he is. Who he is is a man who is faithful with the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He is a man who is faithful despite his circumstances. I'm going to stay true to God and I'm going to pray and I'm going to be bold. But he doesn't pay attention to you, O king, or to the decree that you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. And when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel, and he made every effort until sundown to save him. I love that Daniel had that much favor with his boss. You know? He's like, man, i got to rescue this guy. You know? And then the men went as a group to the king, and they said to him, Remember, O king, that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel, and they threw him in the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve, look at this word, continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace, and he spent that night without eating and without entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. Guys, listen, you got to trust in God, even in the midst of the lions. you got to trust in God, even in the midst of the lions. And Daniel did. And maybe you find yourself, man, you feel like you're in the lion's den right now. You feel like, man, at work, it's just a challenge, it's a struggle. Or maybe with your extended family, it's a challenge or a struggle being a believer. You're kind of like the only one there. And you, you feel like, man, everybody around me, is, it's tough. They're out to get me. Maybe in life, you right now, you just even feel financially or in your marriage, you just feel like, man, all of this is on me. Why am I going through all this? God, where are you? And yet Daniel stayed faithful. Even in the midst of the lions, he just held on to God. 
He knew that God was with him. He knew that God was for him. It tells us in Psalm 37, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Guys, when you're tempted to fall in love with the culture, when you're tempted just to go along with the crowd because, hey, it seems like the thing to do and it seems like the consequences are worse if you follow God, you know. No, 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 no. You stay strong because you realize this, that our God is greater. Our God is greater than the lions. Our God is greater. And you hold on to him. Daniel did. Well, it tells us at the first light of dawn, the king got up and he hurried to the lion's den. And when he came near the den, he, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Isn't that awesome? Has your God, whom you serve continually, Daniel served God continually. It wasn't just a Sunday faith for him, it was every day. It wasn't just a, hey, when things are going well kind of faith for him. It was every day, every moment. I am going to follow God. And this king recognized it, this boss recognized it, this leader recognized it, and said, there is something different about you. You serve God continually. And he couldn't sleep, the king, and so he comes running in the morning at first light. He's like, Daniel, is your God able to save you? And he waited and listened for an answer. And Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God, sit his angels, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. The king was overjoyed, and he gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him, because he trusted in his God. God is greater. God is greater. And Daniel, in the midst of the lions, God shuts the mouths of the lions. And he holds them there. And in your life and in my life, listen, our God is greater. Whatever you face, whatever you face, you hold on to God. You never give up. You stay strong in him. Because God is writing a bigger story than you can see. And God just calls you to be faithful. You don't have to do anything except to be faithful. God will shut the mouths of the lions. Isn't that awesome? God will shut the mouths of the lions. Many of you know I just returned from a mission trip to Moldova with our church. And uh, it was amazing. We got back early, early, early Friday morning. And uh, it was just awesome to be there. Our first mission trip as a church, we went in 2003. And uh, we had about 15 people as a church, and eight months later, we took 18 people, went to this country of Moldova. My first question was, where's Moldova? You know, I didn't even know. God was calling us there, and between the Ukraine and Romania. And yet, it was a statistic like this that got us as a church. It was 60% of girls trafficked into prostitution in Eastern Europe come out of this country of 4 million. And broke our hearts. The smallest, poorest country in the former Soviet Union, and we said, you know what? We may be small, 
We may be little, but we have a big God, and we're going to go. We're going to try for the glory of God just to be faithful and watch what God will do. And so for 13 years, you guys, we've been going as a church, right? Multiple times a year and going and working in orphanages and working with these kids. And many of you sponsor children. And, and we started to see, hey, maybe we can make a bigger difference here. And as the church was growing here, God was calling us to do more there. There were more kids and more needs. And, it, and so in 2008, we started Justice and Mercy International. Started JMI, a nonprofit, in order to do greater work at that time just in Moldova. And we said, what do these kids, when they come out of the orphanage at 15 or 16 years old, and they have nowhere to go, and they're, and they're just prey. Sex slave traders come in, and they take these kids away. And God, would you shut the mouths of the lions? God, would you stop these people who prey on these precious children? Lord, would you use us in some way, somehow, to be faithful there, and to give them a hope and a future, and to point them to you? Guys, i got to tell you, God's making a huge difference. God's using you. And God's using us together through his work through JMI. And it's incredible. We had a team of 15, and two weeks ago, I was on a team. We had 31 of us uh, here working there in these orphanages and just seeing these precious kids that you fall in love with. And you're watching God work in their lives. And then we started transitional living homes where we have a girls' home and boys' homes. And now we have apartments where kids are living. And these kids are coming to know Christ. These kids are learning English. These kids are getting into colleges and universities. These kids are becoming leaders in this country. And we're literally watching God change this country. And where there's great organizations like IJM, International Justice Mission, and other organizations that do awesome work when they rescue kids out of brothels. We just said, hey, what if through JMI we could be on the front end of preventing these kids from ever being taken by these people? What if we could raise up a generation that would have a hope, that could get into schools, and we could have leaders there? And guys, it's working. The last night we were there, we had a graduation party for 11 of our kids who were graduating from the Grace House and the Boys to Leaders program. And it was a celebration. And all these kids now, and, and you know what, they, organized crime and sex life trade and all that, these kids are the ones that are going, hey, we're going to go to med school. Hey, we're going to go to seminary. We're going to make a difference in our own country. And God is good. I want you to hear this morning from Charlotte Keeney and Charlotte, this was her first international mission trip. And her and her husband have been at Rolling Hills for a, a long time. Their whole family, they're dear friends of mine. They're awesome, incredible. And, and Charlotte, I would love for you just to share a little bit about um, going and how you felt called. I mean, this was your first international mission trip, and you've heard a lot about Moldova. But how did you kind of feel this call to go? Well, Ben and I joined Rolling Hills. Um, we first started at Rolling Hills almost 11 years ago. It'll be 11 years in October. And that very, very first service, um, we had been invited by Ben's boss. And they said, come, we go to church in the movie theater. And we thought that was kind of weird. But being new to the South, we didn't realize that we go to church everywhere here. So, um, and there was a young man who had just returned from Moldova. And he shared his story. And he shared what he had done. And he shared the work that he did there. And then you got up and you mm -hmm. talked about how our church was working in Moldova and what they were doing. And my thought was, never heard of Moldova. <laughs> Don't know where it is. Couldn't find it on a map. Um, but then I remember Steve coming on staff and you know the meetings started and the startup of JMI and the transitional living homes and the sponsorship programs. And 
was just amazing. Um, but I honestly have to say, I did not feel the call to go at that point. Um, now, Ben and I did feel the call to help with the work. We um, tithed to the church, and part of, a portion of the tithe goes to support JMI and the work that they do. And we supported other people in going on mission trips. You know, as people were fundraising, we were supporting that, and we were praying, and we um, started in the sponsorship program. And um, I still didn't feel the call. Um, I was doing work here. You know, I was raising the kids and um, our Christian home and family, and I was working with our kids here, you know, working with two and three-year-olds in Sunday school and teaching them about Jesus and participating in working in mom-to-mom. And, you know, God was using me here, but I think God was also waiting for my own spiritual development. He was waiting for me to come to the realization that it's not about me. It's not about what I know or what I do or what I think I can do. It's all about him. Mm. It's, it's about coming to the realization that he is enough. It's not about whether or not I'm enough, it's whether or not he is enough. Um, in Acts 1.8 says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will go and be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that's when I felt my call. Wow. We'll talk about this was a special year for you too because uh, your oldest son, the senior, just graduated, and, and he was going. And so you got to experience that together. Talk about that. So my call to Moldova wasn't just about the sweet kids of Moldova, and they are beautiful, sweet children. My call to Moldova was about my son, Cameron. And I think we might have a picture of him up here. Mm -hmm. There he is. <laughs> Cameron's 18. He just graduated from high school, and he's getting ready to leave next month for university. And Ben and I are both very aware that we are at a huge transition point, that Cameron is at a huge transition point. Cameron's grown up in the church. In our family, you go to church, you participate. Um, but Cameron's now at a space that he needs to make his faith his own, and he needs to make his walk with Christ his own. Um, and research shows that kids that serve in church and participate in um, international missions work make that transition into adulthood, staying in their faith. Um, they just make it more smoothly, and that's what we wanted for him. That's what I wanted for him. And to have the opportunity to experience this, because I'm sure you can imagine this is an amazing experience, and to get to do that with my child was just a blessing. Mm. It was just a blessing. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, Charlotte, you know, you've been here a long time, and you, you've heard about it. But what was it like to see it? What was it like to see the work? Wow. We have. We've all heard of the amazing work that happens through JMI. Mm. And, folks, we are JMI. Mm. Um, by praying and sponsoring, we're, we're part of that. But to get to see it, um, we spent time with the transitional living students. And they came, and they were our translators for the week, and they helped us run camp and group. And seeing these kids that I've watched the videos, we've all seen the videos. Um, a couple years ago, there was a video of a kid named Yegor. And in the video, there he is, he's the one on the left. Um, you know, they were kind of joking around and they said, well, what do you want to be what you, when you grow up? Which is questions we ask our kids all the time. And he said, you know, I want to be president. I'm going to be president. And I've now met him and he really could be president. <laughs> this young man could do it. Um, 
And I got to meet another young woman. Her name is Ala. Mm -hmm. She's the one on the right. Mm -hmm. um, and the fingerprints of God are just so prevalent on her. Um, she could be president too. <laughs> she really could, and she's amazing. And Jesus just shines through her. And these young people have choices, and they have options, and they have opportunity, and they have hope. And they have this beyond anything they ever could have imagined living in those orphanages. Mm. They couldn't even have dreamed the opportunities that they've been given. And they've been given those opportunities through the work of JMI and through Jesus mm. um, and people pouring into them and loving on them and providing a family for them. Um, and that's amazing. And we know the stories. Jeff just shared, mm. you shared the statistics. Mm. Um, you know, of kids being pushed out of the orphanages at 15 and 16, and literally people from organized crime syndicates are there at the gate mm. to pick them up mm. because these kids don't have any other options. They don't know what else to do. The sex traffickers coming in and selling these beautiful children into sex slavery in Western Europe, they have no options, they have no choice. But through us, through JMI, they do. This is a picture of a young man named Vlad, mm. and he's actually Igor's brother. He's mm. the one in the red shirt. Um, Vlad came to know Christ at the age of six at a camp that you mm -hmm. were at and mm. that, you, that JMI put on. Mm. That's when he you know, heard the call to follow Jesus. Vlad's now in Bible college. Mm -hmm. The number of people in this country that are gonna come to know mm. Jesus through this young man I can't even think of, I can't even imagine what that's gonna be. The impact for Christ that he is gonna have is amazing. Mm. It's just amazing. Um, here's another picture of a little girl. Her name is Christina and she was in my group. She's eight and at the end of camp, she came to accept Christ. Mm. And I feel very fortunate. God gave me the blessing of her sponsor came up to me after last after last service. So she's got a family here at Rolling Hills that's loving on her, that's pouring into her. We have the opportunity to give these kids hope and to give them choices. Um, and that's amazing. And God is calling each and every one of us in whatever way he's choosing to, whether that's through tithing and supporting JMI, whether that's through praying, mm about people that are going and kids that are there, sponsoring a child in an orphanage, um, sponsoring a teenager in a transitional living home, helping somebody else go on a mission trip or answering the call to go yourself. This is our time. God is calling each and every one of us to make his justice personal. Mm. Thank you, Charlotte. I love and your thank heart. thank you for the no. leadership in our church, for supporting Steve in his vision. This never would have happened without you, Jeff, and mm. I thank you for that. Love you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Guys, Charlotte, great job. Guys, listen, your obedience matters. It just does. Your obedience to pray, your obedience to be faithful you know, we all struggle, like Charlotte said to me, it's God called me to go, what's God called me to do? And, and yet God's calling you to be faithful. It's God who shuts the mouths of the lions. You and I just stand with God and say, God, here I am, use me, God. And whatever that call is in your life, and somebody comes and says, hey, 
Would you teach children on Sunday morning? You're like, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know how I could do that. I, your, your obedience matters. I mean, God calls you to go on a mission trip, or God calls you to host a community group, or God calls you to lead a Bible study. Your obedience matters. And God will do the work. You stay faithful to him. Daniel stayed faithful. And look what happened because of his obedience. It says this, at the king's command, the, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were, were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and their children. Before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. It sounds weird to read, but the fact is this, there is justice in the world. And our God is a God of justice. And the people who prey on these precious orphan kids, God's going to bring justice. And God's going to shut the mouths of the lions. But then look, then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the land, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. This man who wanted everybody to pray to him now realizes that he's not God. There is a God who is greater than him, for he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. So Daniel prospered. Daniel stayed faithful. Are you staying faithful? Are you holding on to God with everything you have? Because your obedience matters. Your obedience, church, to, to go to Moldova year in and year out, it matters. There are lives that are literally being transformed halfway around the world because you're being faithful. And whether it's Vlad or whether it's Christina or whether it's a girl named Elena. Elena, we first met her in 2010. She was one of the first girls in our Grace House. And Elena, she grew up in a small village and her, her dad had died. Her mom couldn't raise her by herself, so she sent her to the orphanage. And she was spending her time in the orphanage. And at 15, because of the anxiety of having to leave the orphanage, she ended up in the hospital. And somebody in the hospital had heard that we had just started this transitional living home. And and they told Elena about it, and we brought Elena into the home. And here's Elena at 15 and at 16, and, and Elena came to know Christ, and we had the privilege to, to baptize her in a lake in Moldova, which is probably the nastiest lake I've ever been in, but we were out there in the mud, and we're out there, and people are staying on the chore, and they're cheering for Elena, and she gave her life to Christ. We were helping her get some additional education, but she was struggling in math, and so we introduced her to a math tutor, and there was more than tutoring that started happening, I guess. And anyway, they fell in love. And John, who is a godly man, loves Elena. And four years ago, I had the privilege to walk Elena down the aisle and to put her hand into John's hand as they got married. And we celebrated their four-year anniversary while we were there this past week. And Elena now just finished her master's, and she's going back to teach in the schools in Moldova, and John will finish his PhD in math in August, teaching at the University of Moldova. And I said, how can I pray for you guys? And they said, pray for us because we're leading a camp at our church. We're leading a camp for about 125 kids in August that are coming from all over the community, and we get to tell them about Jesus, and we have other leaders that are going to work with us, and we get to share the love of Christ with our whole community. You guys, your obedience matters. 
Daniel's obedience impacted the king. Daniel's obedience impacted so many people, impacted our nation. Guys, your obedience is impacting a country halfway around the world. And your obedience to your spouse and your obedience to your children, your obedience to your grandchildren, it matters and it impacts more than just you. So the question is, are you staying faithful? The question is, are you praying? Are you holding on to God? Are you saying, I'm putting a stake in the ground that I'm going to walk with the Lord all the days of my life. I'm going to live for him. I'm going to be a man or a woman after his heart. I'm going to be faithful in my marriage. I'm going to be faithful in my kids. I'm going to be faithful to what God's called me to do. And I'm going to be faithful every day. Where are you today? Have you fallen in love with Babylon? Have you fallen in love with the culture? Or are you staying true to God? Because your obedience matters. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Right where you are. I want to ask you, are you faithful like Daniel? Not that you're perfect. But he's saying, I want to be faithful to God. I want to pray, be at church. I'm going to make a commitment. I'm just going to be faithful to God. For all the days I have here, God, you are my first priority. You're my first love. Are you faithful to your spouse or your future spouse? Are you faithful as a parent? Are you faithful at work? Are you faithful around people? Maybe you feel like you're in the lion's den. Are you being faithful? So, Father, here we are, men and women that you have called to be like Daniel in our day. And, God, I thank you for this example 2,600 years ago of a man who just stayed faithful all his days. Against all odds, God, there's no way he should survive in a lion's den, and yet... God, you shut the mouths of the lions. He just prayed. So this morning, God, we pray. We pray for our country. We pray for our boss. Pray for our coworkers. God, we pray for our spouse. We pray for our children. We pray, God, that you would do miracles like only you could do. We pray that you would shut the mouths of lions people who prey on innocent, precious orphans. We pray, Father, that you would be sovereign over our lives today and that our faith and our trust would be in you and you alone. God, we need you. Oh, God, we desperately need you. So come, Father, fill us with your grace. Lift our eyes our focus to you and let us know it's going to be okay that you're with us and you're for us and it's the name the beautiful name of Jesus that we pray amen